Welcome to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, where we talk about issues facing our Big Island community. Island Conversations, Sunday mornings on KWXX at 6.30 and on B97B93 at 7 a.m. Or listen anytime at kwxx.com. Island Conversations, brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916. Now, here's your host and producer, Sherry Bracken. Aloha, welcome to Island Conversations. If you're on the Big Island of Hawaii, you may hear Island Conversations on the radio on Sundays on KWXX and on B97B93, and the following Friday on KPUA 670 AM in Hilo. And Island Conversations is always available as a podcast. Wherever you get podcasts, just look for Island Conversations, and you may listen to one or you may subscribe to all. And that includes last week's conversation, which was the beginning of our conversation with former Hawaii County Mayor Billy Kanoi, beginning the talk about what the new mayor is going to face and some of the things that Mayor Kanoi faced. And last week, he also talked about his views about Mauna Kea. This week, we'll talk more about some of the challenges the new mayor may face relative to the economy and tourism and general responsibilities. And we'll also talk about Mayor Kanoi's health because he has faced some significant challenges in the past five years. Let's get to the discussion. Mayor Kanoi, we still have economic issues that have to do with tourism. And there's been a lot of talk now about how we can remake tourism. Some of the tourist activities that have developed over the last 10 years, 15 years, haven't been terrific for our island. The island gets overcrowded. The activities and places we like to go get to be jammed with tourists. And actually, right now during COVID-19, when we can go out, in a way, it's like, wow, this is the island that I moved to, in my case, 25 years ago that you grew up on. If you were going to be mayor, how would you think about how we need to remake our tourist economy? Because I don't see it as being an easy thing to do, no. even though we talk about it. No, and, and you know, the governor, I got to tip my hat to him. You know, I'm not the biggest governor, Ige, you know, support, but, you know, he's resisted incredible pressure from the tourism community to keep Hawaii protected and safe. Not an easy thing to do when all of your employers, the hotels, the airlines. I, I don't think people quite understand just how big and powerful the tourism industry is. But, you know, it's nice not being an elected official. <laughs> but I also think a lot about what if I was. But bringing that tourism industry back is going to be the biggest challenge. But what we have to do is stop measuring tourism by number of visitors. We had up to 10 million visitors a year, 30,000 people a day. I think what really shocked people was when they parked all the rental cars and people realized that the whole Aloha Stadium parking lot was jam-packed with rental cars that would otherwise be on the road. Front to back, side to side. I was pretty I mean, surprised when I saw that photo. Unbelievable. Hanauma Bay for the first time in probably decades, has returned to health. Me and my wife had the privilege of going to Venice, Italy. It was pretty nasty last year. The canal, we went on a gondola to be romantic. I was afraid I was going to fall in a sewer, you know, tip over. But you look at it now and look how it came to life. 
I was really surprised at that. I've also been to Venice, and they said there were all these fish and everything is right in the canal. And I was like, turtles and dolphins? I know. Yeah, yeah, you look right in the canal. But look at our island, how peaceful it is. Look at how families get to enjoy. But also, when I was mayor, I did not turn down an opportunity to help the industry because I knew how many people work in these industries and work like you might have a husband and wife Sherry that together have three or four tourism jobs mm-hmm. dad works at Mount Alani during the day he goes over to Waikoloa Marriott at night or to Hilton pick any mom works you know at Mauna Kea Beach and at night she works at the activities desk somewhere so you know when you talk about loss of tourism industry you're talking about taking food off of our family's tables you, talk, you know, so when I have to balance that as a leader, then you have to come down on a side of taking care of our families and making sure they're healthy. But given the opportunity, right, instead of, oh, man, look at this crisis, everything's going wrong. No, no, maybe, maybe everything's going right. Maybe this is what we needed, an opportunity to step back and realize I don't need drive four hours I used to drive four hours to look at somebody in the eye and spend 15 minutes talking to them. You know, when I could have just Zoomed. You know, I would have had four more hours in my day. And I think we're learning how to work from home. We're learning how to maybe not do with certain things. You know, and what I think is critically important is that we all shop local. And so me and my wife have made it our priority with our children that every dollar they spend should go to a local business or to a friend who does that job, you know, but it has to go local. We have to keep our dollars at home. And yeah, tourism needs to open, but this is offshore money, you know. Very few hotels are owned by the Bracken family or the Kenoi family. Very few of these large hotels and big airlines are, are local companies, And so opening up to tourism, I'd like to see more of a model like New Zealand where things are very strict in terms of when you visit. You know, they spray every plane that arrives while you're in it. You know, they don't allow any fresh meat, foods, or vegetables to be brought in. And I think Hawaii needs to reposition tourism in a way where we measure it not by how many people we can bring in and mere numbers. But I've always asked this, how many tourists do we need to just keep people we have here at home working? It's like construction. Nobody could give me a How many is just right? It's always either too much or too little. We go through this boom and bust cycle constantly. We overhire, we bring in workers from elsewhere, which puts a pressure on local housing, local schools, local infrastructure, you know, drives up wages, and then bust. Everybody unemployed, we go through socioeconomic challenges, crime rises, you know, we go through these cycles when, really, how about we slowly open up our doors just a tad, you know, instead of flinging the doors wide open to Hawaii, How about we open it gently and let a few in and see how that works. Let's then open the door a little more and see how that works. If we can effectively manage targeted numbers, both in construction and tourism, that will allow our 
economy to then diversify and grow. We have to do it. We cannot continue to rely on the age-old. This, this model goes back to the 60s and 70s, beginning of air travel. I think this is an opportunity for the brilliant people and the brilliant leaders of Hawaii to take a step back and reimagine a better Hawaii. That's what I think awaits us. Ross Birch of the Hawaii Island Visitor Bureau has said pretty much the same thing, that this is not something we planned. We never would have just completely shut down tourism, but it happened. So that's what he said. This is the time to rethink and how we can have the activities that really support our environment in a positive way, how those can be leading activities. Yeah, and the activities need to be regulated. Not everybody who buys a van should be shuttling 15 people around and dropping them off at local beach parks. You know, we should have just like X number of vans are allowed up Mauna Kea, X number of vans are allowed to operate with tourism. It should be very strict. It should be highly regulated. And we should be able to watch our numbers of residents, length of stay, money spent, um, much better than we've done in the past because I think people are just tired, Sherry, of people being greedy and watching people with billions make more billions while people who struggle to make a living get the short end of the stick. And I think on tourism, people who call this island home should have a little more say in what happens than someone who comes, spends a few dollars, and leaves. Other countries and other states regulate people coming in and doing things. And I know that there's been so much discussion, even as the state talked about, well, we need to have people tested before they come here. And some people act like, well, no, we can't do that. Well, why not? Sherry, how come our piers and harbors are nasty? I've never swam in a Hilo Pier, you know, harbor. I've never jumped in the water. At That's because the Harbor. container cargoes would knock you over. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, I'm I sorry. Have said that. Yes, no. Yeah. Did you really say that? I talked to <laughs> no. people yesterday who was wondering if this stuff was floating in Hilo Bay. There'll be more of that along the way. But you know, yeah, you know. <laughs> but you go to Greece. You go to Greece. All the island is pristine. Cruise ships everywhere, and the water is beautiful from the ocean to the shoreline. How is that so different? than our Hawaii. Everywhere I travel, me and my wife, we always look at, how come Hawaii doesn't do it that way? Or if they can protect their environment that way, how come we're not doing the same? And I think now's the time for us to hold our leaders accountable and say, if it's just more of the same and status quo, then we've wasted an incredible opportunity for significant transformative change. When you walked in, you spoke a little bit about the Black Lives Matter movement, where people on this island are certainly supportive of the concept, and we're watching what's going on on the mainland with sadness and horror, and so many people I know are just grateful. We're not facing here on this island, or even in this state, some of the things that people on the mainland are facing. How should people think about this here? How do we best support that kind of movement that really is important worldwide? Yeah, I I think it comes down to uh, respect, compassion, and dignity for other human beings. And I think we learned that. Maybe maybe I don't want to overplay it. I don't want to say there isn't racism in Hawaii. 
You know, we all giggle, laugh about it growing up. But yeah, you know, it's hurtful. Some things that I said, you know, about different races. And it might seem funny if you're not the target. But if you're the target, it might not be so funny. You know, my kids, you know, they all go to college on the mainland. And I'm hopeful that they're all colorblind. I think it's Dr. Martin Luther King that we just... Here and everywhere else should be judging people by the content of the character and not the color of their skin. I felt it as a Hawaiian boy growing up in different places where, you know, the purse gets pulled closer and, you know, you look kind of funny on the city bus and, and then they find out, oh, you're, oh, you're a lawyer. Oh, you know, and you get treated different. But, you know, Black Lives Matter is a, a serious issue. It's affecting every state in our country. It's forcing a lot of us to ask difficult questions. And uh, I think if we just pull back and stop trying to intellectualize it and just realize that every human being, every human being deserves dignity, respect, and aloha. I thought about it, you know, for like a couple weeks. Like, what, Billy? You, you get nothing to do. Solve it. Come up with something. <laughs> You know, and, and to, to be honest, Sherry, at the end of the day, all I could come up with was a simple concept of one shaka, one smile, one aloha, one person, one day. That if we all just genuinely smiled at a family, friend, or stranger, and gave him one true from the heart shaka, caught up a friend we haven't seen in a long time, an old teacher who made a difference in our life, an auntie who used to help you when mom and dad wasn't around. You know, just reach out. One day. So simple. It's free. And maybe, maybe we can get up to five shakas, five smiles. We might even be experts in Aloha one day when we can do this all day long (laughs) from our heart. You know, that's, that's the way I can change the world. I, I cannot change the world. I, you know, I was mayor for eight years. I tried to make as many changes as I can with the best team I could. But I look at my kids now and I wonder what kind of world they live in. And I come back to if my children can treat everybody with aloha and respect and show that dignity that people deserve, that our humanity will be better for it. Yeah, we cannot, we cannot make hate vanish we cannot stop violence in its tracks and we cannot stop this terrible divisive language that's going on in our community and in social media so vicious and hateful you know that just intentionally divides our community we all got to stop back take responsibility for our own actions and treat people with aloha and if we don't understand black lives matter or what other people are protesting against, then listen and try to learn. But don't make judgments about things that you know very little, if anything, about. It's easy to be judgmental. Reading a latest tweet or a latest Facebook post. But how about if we just drop back and, and be cool? And our parents taught us that. I was raised that way. My kids are raised that way. And I'm pretty stoked about that. It's not about money, power, fame, awards, achievements. I would want to be measured, and I hope my children would want to be measured by how they treat people 
more than what the owner have. And a brief interruption to remind you, this is Island Conversations, and I'm Sherry Bracken. Today we are in part two of our conversation with former Hawaii County Mayor Billy Kanoi. We're going to be talking in a moment or two about his health challenges, and it's a moving part of the conversation, just to warn you. Island Conversations is on the radio on the Big Island of Hawaii on Sundays on KWXX and B97B93, and the following Friday on KPUA 670 AM in Hilo, and always on Online at kwxx.com or b97hawaii.com. Just click on the podcast tab or wherever you get podcasts, look for Island Conversations. Let's hear from our sponsor before we get back to our conversation with Billy Kanoi. At KTA, local and fresh means you get the very best Hawaii Island has to offer. The grass-fed meats you find at KTA are raised without added hormones or antibiotics. Our seafood department is stocked with sustainable choices caught in local waters by local fishermen. KTA carries the largest selection of Hawaii Island homegrown produce. Our mountain apple brand is all local so you know it's fresh and delicious. Local and fresh always tastes best at KTA. Mayor Kanoi, I have one more question about the mayor job. As people prepare to vote in August for a mayor, what qualities, what capabilities should they be thinking about? What makes a good mayor? Huh, good question. I've shared with a lot of people who've asked me, who am I supporting? Or who am I voting for? And, you know, I tell people I, I know most of the candidates as dear friends and or supporters. Tante Urban, you know, here's a guy who opened up an entire apartment housing in Kona so that we could have a residential treatment facility. People don't know that. You know, amazing stuff he did. When we had the tsunami in March of 2011, you know, Tante, I yelled, Tante, you can feed everybody after. I'll come back, pay later. But make sure all these workers who are working so hard, you, Tante was like, I'll take care of them, Billy. Now, how would I take on position against Tante? You know, he pursuing his dream and what? You know, Bob Fitzgerald, you know, is my Parks and Rec. Mitch Rott, you know, whose wife and my wife are dear friends, who Neil Azevedo I've known from, you know, Ikaika Marzel, a cousin from Kalapana, Stacy Higa, you know, someone I call a friend, and proud to do so, all of these. But I think what is also significant is everybody's running for a reason, you know, and I think when you see so many people running, especially a sitting prosecutor against the sitting mayor and county employees against the mayor, I think there's a high level of dissatisfaction with the current state of affairs and people are desiring change. So what I've shared with people who've asked me, I tell them, watch the campaign. Watch how campaigns unfold. Someone who will be a good mayor can run on really good campaign. Because if you cannot effectively run a good campaign built of volunteers that has a focused message, that has a vision, that has momentum, that has good positive energy, you know, that isn't negative in any way, shape, or form, if somebody can run a campaign like that, they're probably going to be a pretty good mayor. But if somebody cannot run a campaign, then they're certainly not in a position to be the chief executive of 2,500 employees and on budget over $500 million. So how are the Kanoi children? Fantastic. <laughs> are they all home now? They're all at home. One has graduated. 
One is headed back for his junior year at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And my daughter, who played volleyball last year uh, and did really well. But California is online and might not have sports. Where is she in school? She was at Orange Coast College, a junior college. We got to see a bunch of games together. It was awesome. But I'd like to touch on an area, Sherry, before I leave, that I think is important. You know, I'm a strong believer in faith and prayer. I sit in here talking to you in my first interview in four years since I left the mayor's office. It's because I had other priorities. My priorities was time. Time with my family. Do you want to go more into your health issues so people understand why the time uh, uh, was yeah, a challenge? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Okay. You know, I can just go there on my own, or you can lead me there. Up to you. I just led you there. Oh, uh, yeah. Well you, well, you had some health challenges. A lot of people didn't really understand. They didn't know what was going on with you, and you were really quite ill. Uh, yeah. In, in 2015, I was diagnosed with a very rare form of cancer called myelofibrosis. It happens very rarely. People are diagnosed with that. It's a form of blood cancer, a type of leukemia. So it's not focused on one part of your body. And I didn't let anybody know. I wanted to finish my term strong. And I didn't want to seem like, oh, look at him trying to use, you know, get sympathy for his condition. But, you know, in 2014, I did the Ironman triathlon. And in 2015, I did the Hilo triathlon. And I had trouble finishing. And I was wondering what was going on, and I couldn't breathe. And I went to specialists all over Hilo. Finally, I went to Honolulu to a hematologist who then did a bone marrow and found out I had this rare disease. And I had a couple choices of where to go, and I chose City of Hope in Dwarf, California. And I needed a bone marrow transplant, or I was going to pass away. And so in 2016, I taught at Hawaii Community College. In 2017, I was getting blood transfusions at Hilo Hospital in the emergency room. You know, it lasts two months, then it lasts a month, then it lasts two weeks, then it lasts a week. Thankfully, I had a match Was my sister. Did the bone marrow transplant, spent four months in a hospital, came back out, came back home. Hey, coached my son to the state championship at soccer in 2018. Life is good. And then the cancer comes roaring back, and I told I'm not going to make it. And in May of 2018, I missed my son's graduation. And I told, I have 48 hours to live. My body shuts down. It won't accept transfusions. Hemoglobin, which is my red blood cells, or platelets. So I had 48 hours. I was talking, discussing with the doctor how I pass away. Like, what is it like? That was our conversation. But throughout this entire process from 2015 through the legal challenges I had at the end of my term, all the way through, I developed this incredibly powerful relationship with Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. People came to my house who I never met. Pastor Lauren Carmichael, the church at a crossroads, encouraged just to come pray with me. Uh, Elwin Ahu, who was a judge when I was a young attorney, now a pastor on Oahu, flew in, prayed with me, prayed with Pastor Sheldon, Pastor Tex, here in Kona, Pastor Rene Godoy, Kahu Billy Mitchell. I've had the most incredible people praying with me. So then the cancer goes away. It's a miracle. I come home in the fall of 2018 like, wow, I'm good. And then my heart and lung collapse because 
the transplant cured the cancer, but the transplanted cells that attacked the cancer also attacked my organs. So they cannot differentiate between good and bad. So they just attack everything. And it collapsed me and put me in a coma for, how long was I in a coma, honey? Seven days? 17 days. Uh, and when I woke up, I was delirious. They told her if he's not clear-headed in three days, he might never come back. I was low, low for a little while, yeah, honey. I mean, it was crazy. And I was paralyzed. I lost 70 pounds. I couldn't eat. And I don't know what happened. It was like going to sleep and waking up. And all of a sudden, I cannot move. I cannot eat. It was the most difficult, challenging experience. And during that time, they told my wife to fly the kids in and kiss me by because there's no way I'm getting out of this one. He walked away. My, my lead doctor on my team walked away. Sorry, Takako. We did our best. Nothing we can do. My kids had to fly in and kiss me by. My wife was going to pull all the machines out of me so they could kiss me, and they wouldn't let her pull it because of the pain. And so this happens again. You know, I was supposed to die, but I rehabbed and came back out. And a year later... When everything's going good, my heart collapses again. I get medevac to Honolulu. I have a pacemaker. I have oxygen now. But Sherry, when I went back and looked, when people prayed, prayers call went out on social media. That's the same time I came out of the coma. I pray every day. And I want people to know that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is incredibly powerful. And he asks nothing of you but your own faith and belief. And I want to share with people out there that if you're afraid or you're scared, just pray. Just pray. And you don't need fancy language. You don't have to be a biblical scholar. You don't have to be a kahu or pastor. You can just talk to Jesus like you talk to a friend. And I'm here to say like every single day, I put my foot down on my bed and I just sit there and I make sure I am alive. And I say, thank you, Lord, for this blessed, beautiful day, this gift of this day. And every night before I lay down, I kiss my wife, I tell her I love her, and I pray again. And I thank the Lord for blessing me with this beautiful day that I got to kiss my children and tell my friends how special they are and tell people I love how much they mean to me. And I think if we all just live with a little more thankfulness and gratitude, a little stronger faith and belief, and don't be afraid of praying. You see somebody who needs help, you might not have money to help them, you might not have resources to contribute, but you have the power of prayer to share. And I found myself this last few years sharing prayers. I never, never was the guy to say the puli at one luau at the party and claiming for be some gahu or something. But, uh, but I can't marry you if you guys need to. I did that once for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I do want to share, Sherry, that I'm a believer in the power of prayer because there is no medical reason for me to be sitting here talking to you. I've sworn off medical care because I don't want to be in a hospital with tubes. I don't want to be detached from my family. 
And I want to savor and taste the gift that is life every single day. Hard to even say anything after that. That's pretty powerful. You were also very lucky to have Takako Kanoi by your side. Can I just, I hope we get time left to say, this lady next to me is the most beautiful, special person in the entire world. And I know I'm embarrassing her, but it's radio, so I don't think she feels so bad. Yeah, she's turning it back on me now. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, a couple weeks ago, I had the privilege of celebrating my 25th anniversary with her here in Kona with nobody present, no family present. My two sons was my best man. My daughter and my son's girlfriend were my bridesmaids. And we got married again on the waters of Keoho. My children got to see me tell their mother just how much I love her and how much she means to me. And that this life that I've been blessed with, to lead, to laugh, to live, to be a fool, to make mistakes, to fall flat, face first, get up, dust myself off. But without the cockle, none of that would be possible. And she makes me want to live every day, Sherry, because, you know, all men want to provide for their families and want to protect their families. And every day I wake up wanting to protect and provide for my family. And uh, I thank you, Takako, for everything yesterday, today, and hopefully a couple more tomorrows. <laughs> so if that's the way you feel about Takako, why is it, if I'm correct, that you told her not very long ago that you would like to have another baby to go, to go with the three kids you already have? I want to hear that story before we close. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh. I did. I was like, hey, honey, so, uh, you know, wedding and all. And, uh, you know, we over (laughs) here thinking, she just didn't look at me like like I was talking about going to Vietnam just to eat four and fly back. I mean, something just, she looked at me strangely like, what? Like, I thought she was going to call the police or 911. And I was like, no, 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 no. Um, How about fostering? You know, how about we adopt? There's so many kids out there that need our love, Takako. And we got the resources. We can provide for her. She looked at me like, are you just... I, I know she was going to call and readjust my medication. <laughs> and, then, and then I said, well, what about a puppy? <laughs> and uh, one friend posted me, he goes, smooth, Hawaiian, smooth. How you went from baby, adopt, right to the puppy where you wanted her. And uh, we went to Waimea and got our puppy and... It's added so much laughter to our house. And, you know, with the kids at home, they're young adults. They want to go out more, but they're afraid that dad, they might bring something home. So there's a lot of, you know, unsaid tension at home. But it's, it's, it's cool. But the puppy came in, and all of a sudden, there's just laughter and smiles everywhere, except for my older rescue dog who we're still trying to uh, <laughs> integrate our uh, animal kingdom together with our cat and our older dog. He looked at him last night. I tried to bring him into the room and the, this little puppy just looks at this huge dog and goes woof in his puppy bark. And a big dog looked at him like, what did you just say? <laughs> and he looked at him straight in his face and barked again woof. And it looked like my older dog, who we call Lucky, our rescue dog, looked like he was going to eat that puppy. And so I took him outside, and we're going to continue to work on that. 
But yeah, we have a new Kenoi. Makana Kenoi is running around. And, you know, Sherry, with all these five years and all the challenges I've been through and people ask, how was it? I'm extremely thankful. I'm thankful for the challenges because it taught me things I would have never learned otherwise. It taught me true humility. You know, when you cannot move and you need to be wiped and cleaned on a daily basis, that's humility. You know, when you never know if you're going to walk again. Um, it teaches you things. And it allowed me to explore the depth of my character. And it allowed me to realize what was truly important. And it wasn't running around and being all things to all people and trying to solve everybody's problems of the day. And I enjoyed that. I lived for that. But now I give myself permission to say no. I'm sorry. I cannot come out and help you. I'm sorry. The work required to assist you is more than the time and energy I have. And it really allowed me to focus on what was most important. So in essence, the last five years has been a gift, a true gift, and I'm thankful for it. Mayor Billy Kanoy, thank you so much. I so appreciate your wisdom, your mana'o, and also your openness and honesty and sharing a part of your life that is incredibly personal, but also may give inspiration and hope to others. That's my goal. I know a lot of people have a lot of challenges, and I hope that they take a moment to feel inspired because I'm inspired by people who go through challenges. Just seeing Kupuna to the parking lot the other day, I told Takako, look at that guy. You know, he's in his 80s, by himself, nobody around, got himself dressed up this morning, you know, however long that took, and got himself to the store. Yeah, there's inspiration everywhere we turn. And Sherry, thank you for having me. Um, and the reason I came on, and the reason I'm more than happy to answer any question you ask me, is because I consider you one of the true, good, honest voices in this community who I have known many, many years. You know, you stand up for what you believe. You don't take gruff from anybody, including me. I hope you continue doing what you're doing because the information you put in a community is important for people to have. Thank you so much. Aloha. Aloha, Sherry. Wow. Thank you so much to Mayor Billy Kanoi for being part of Island Conversations. I'm humbled by his last comments, but I also want you, the listeners, to know that I'm super glad you are here I love being able to bring you the stories of people and issues here on the Big Island of Hawaii. And so thank you for joining us. Mayor Billy Kanoi will be talking with Lonnie Weigert of Hawaii Care Choices, that's formerly Hospice of Hilo, this coming Friday at 10 a.m. on a Zoom conference. That's Friday, July 10th. You may take part. You may listen in. Just call Hawaii Care Choices at 969-1733 to find out how you can sign up. This is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. Until next time, please, let's all live and drive with aloha. Ahui ho. Thank you for listening to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, available anytime at kwxx.com. We welcome your feedback and suggestions at info at kwxx.com. Join us next week for another Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916.